please allow me to just quickly teach the five things that I feel led to look at five things five things that will change your life that will cause you to flow in amazing in the amazing grace of God I want to tell you about five things that will change your life and five things that I can definitely tell you that will help you to flow in the amazing grace of God who wants to flow in the amazing grace of God and so I have five things that I am 100% definite that if you if you engage these five things by the spirit you will flow in what what will you flow in in the amazing grace of God of course the grace of God is is the storehouse where the favor of God is domicile amen the, the when you when you when you step into the grace of God you would also find what the favor of God. So I want to tell you about five things. You know, what's grace? Grace talks about that which God does, amen, that which is of God. And so grace is what separates men. Men are separated by what? By grace. Do you even know that what we call ordination, impartations, all of those things is the resting of grace on a man? You get the point now. So grace is what is separation. It's what it is what brings separation. It separates the, the the realm of man from the realm of God. Are we together now? What did I say? Great does it separates from the realm of what of men to the realm of God. So if you desire to see the realms of God um, um, operative in your life, well then. You have to find out how to how to step into grace. Amen. You have to have to step into grace. Grace is the only reality that can prove and can be an evidence that you are sent from God. Are you together with me? If you if you came from God, then you will come with grace. Are you together with me? If you came from God, then did you adjust it? Did you increase the volume? Reduce the volume. Put it the way I, I said I wanted it. If you if you came if you if you truly came from God, yeah. If you truly came from God, then you will have you saved this particular preset? This this the have you saved this particular setup? This I like it. If you truly um, came from God, then you will you will come with what? You come with grace. You should come with grace. You should, you should learn to master grace because that is the premise of the New Testament. The New Testament is premised on what? On grace. So you should learn to master grace. It's, it's better to spend any amount of years mastering grace uh, the Bible, the, Bible, the Bible gives us right to labor on two occasions. Um, um, the first one um, is, the first labor is that we should labor to enter his rest. Not labor to rest. Labor to enter his, his rest. So there, there is something called his rest. 
Are you together with me? His rest. And so that is also his grace. Are you together with me? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the flesh of the Holy Spirit is meant to be with you. Amen. That was the prayer of Paul. Glory be to God. So we need to learn that door. We must frequent that door. Amen. And, and if, if, if better still, we must live in that house called grace. And the truth is, a lot of us don't know how to step into, in, into, into, into grace. The practicality of grace. A lot of people don't know how because the, the, the fallen nature has learned, has learned effort. Amen. The fallen nature. It is natural to make effort. We have equated um, greatness, success, and progress with what? With effort. And that is the impartation of the cause. That was the, uh, uh, that impartation came through the curse. Remember that when God cursed man, what did He tell him? Huh? He said, "Well, we're not when God cursed man. When 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 man disobeyed God and stepped into the curse, the content of the curse is that it is from his toiling, are you together with me, that he will be able to make progress. Praise God." And so that curse is an impartation. It's an impartation on the. It's an impartation on the. Um, something is failing. It might be the battery of this mic, but something is. Or maybe another mic is on. It's an impartation in the in the core of every man. So we naturally equate success to toiling. Do you understand? And that's where it's slangs like hustling and all of that comes from. Amen. And, 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 and that's not the best. Are you with me? You are meant to learn to step into his grace. Praise God. So that you are attract. You attract. Amen. You should attract. That's what grace does. Grace initiates over your life, the law of attraction. You should, att- you should attract greatness and attract progress. You are meant to attract it. You see, because grace makes you better than the things men labor for. What does grace do to you? It makes you better. And when you are better, you attract. You get the point now. It is what is chased when you look at two things it is the better that that it is the least that chases the better are you together with me are you together with me and that's why if you if you chase money it's because money is still better than you you get the point if you if you chase fame or popularity it's because those things are still what better than you. The only thing worthy of chasing is God. Because God is better than you. Are you with me? But when we understand grace and God imparts us with grace, then other things will now begin to chase you. Do you understand? Because you have become better. So you are meant to operate that. And I'm going to tell you five things. I'm going to show you five things that if you can appropriate. They are simple things. Amen. 
You know, some of us get serious with in service when you begin to see thunderings and you know, and a lot of shaking. You say, Kai, today's service was powerful. You know, it's because you are carnal. Amen. If if things can happen, in fact, there's somebody who has an issue with your right hand. I forgot. We're going to trust God, either right or left. We're going to pray for some for anyone who has an issue with your hand or your arm. There's going to be deliverance in that regard. Are you together with me? So when we begin to see a lot of those stuff, so like, wow, the power is here. No, 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 no. The power has always been here. It's just that you're carnal. You get the point now. So you're meant to attract. You're meant to attract. Even your destiny, you're meant to attract it. Amen. So, so the things I'm, see the way I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is powerful, right? When I mention the five things I want to talk about, they are simple things, though. Don't think I'll talk about what you do on that. You won't need dictionary. And you won't need, you won't need um, tongues and interpretation of tongues. That's a challenge. That's a challenge of the falling nature. The, the, sometimes sometimes we, are, we have inherent deception in, re, in relation to understanding. You get the point now? We have what? Inherent deception in relation to what? Understanding. There is, there is a way our the instrument by which we used to understand and conceptualize things, there's always been tainted by some falsehood. So, you sometimes placement of words and things and arranging them in the order of priority is very, very poor. Amen. So, there is a, there is a way we see something as very important and see other things as less important. And it's because we have, God needs to heal our understanding. Are we together now? And so, the first thing I will talk about is when Jesus made a statement and he said, blessed are the merciful. Blessed. I'm talking about how five things that will help you function in what? Amazing grace. It says, blessed are the what? Are the merciful. Amen. Blessed are what? The merciful. And what is the fruit of their action? They shall obtain mercy. Now, don't play with Jesus. So. If Jesus says that the merciful shall obtain mercy, what will happen to the merciful? Obtain mercy. Don't play with Jesus. Don't joke with Jesus. I don't think... He's not man. When he makes a clear statement, the statement is as clear as it is. He can take it to the bank. So what's the first one? Blessed are what? The merciful. Hmm? So it means that what does the word blessed mean? What does the word blessed mean? Huh? An enrichment in something. What's that? What else? Enrichment in something. Who else wants to tell me? Huh? Just, huh? Highly favored. You know, you know, to be merciful is a divine character. Do you understand that? It's the character of God. Men are not merciful. Amen. Men are not merciful. Men, men function. You know, some portions of the law was more the law of Moses, the law, 
was not some a lot a lot of the portions of the law was not the law of God. That law was a reflection of the heart of men. And the law was just to, to give guidance and to allow men operate as men in a way where they wouldn't um, they wouldn't completely be deteriorated. But it was the law, for example, when they began to validate divorce and began to talk about the advice of Moses in the context of divorce. Can everybody hear me? Jesus said that the reason why Moses put it there is because of what? Of the hardness of your heart. So the law actually was a reflection of your heart, not necessarily the mind of God. You get the point now. And so when, when we say merciful, merciful, to men don't function at mercy level. Men function at an eye for an eye. Do you know you act you actually don't need a law for you to know that an eye is for an eye. You don't have to have read the law of Moses to fulfill it. You will be shocked to see it there. Okay, I've already been working in it. <laughs> is it not very natural? If person hits you. It's natural to hit your own back, right? And even if you don't hit your own back, it's because you know that if you hit your own back, you cannot manage the feedback. It's not, it's not. If you don't hit your own back, and that's how thugs know if they can beat somebody or not. By the time a thug taunts you and taunts you and hits you, and you are still explaining, he knows he, will be, he knows he can beat you. That's how you measure who you can beat or not. By the time you when you notice that he's not giving you an appropriate feedback in the aggression that you are giving him, then you have already lost the battle. You know, so sometimes when, when you get a feedback, you have to make sure you give a feedback that is higher. That's in the talk world. You have to give a feedback. <laughs> you have to feedback. If somebody, if somebody hits you, you have to hit harder. You understand? So that the person will rethink that, hmm, this guy no fear me, you understand? But if a person hits you, you call, you call and say, where did they worry you? Ah, he knows you are gone. <laughs> they go beat you with that, you understand? But if they give you, you just, baby, carry stick or, you know, just do something. So, you understand? You have to do something. I didn't say you should do it. To, <laughs> But that's how it works, actually. That's how it works. That's how it works. If, if you don't want to be bullied, then when the person escalates, you see, when the person brings an issue up, a talk brings an issue up, if you're not ready to really fight back, don't act like you want. If you want to fight, go higher. If you don't want to fight, don't, do a, don't start at all. You know let the person know from, from the beginning that you are not going to fight at all. Then it can be that you are not in the mood. It can be that you are afraid of yourself. Because that's another psychology. Like, <laughs> this guy will not fight me. He will like say he defeat himself. You understand? That's also, okay, Mark Pyle. Okay, mm, you know. Just don't. But that you want to also escalate, and you not escalate at a lesser level. Ah. Ah. If all the other surrounding talks, we know that you're already gone. Ah, so that's by the way. So you don't, you don't really need a, the love of Moses, you know, 
to be without mercy. Mercy, to be merciful, is not in the realm of men. It's a divine character. But of course, because we have the spirit, we have the capacity to engage this word, this divine character. And us is blessed. Immediately you step into that world, that, 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 that lifestyle called merciful. What crown do they give you? Blessed. Someone said, someone just said, blessed is what he's, uh, what, did you, what did you say it is? Enrichment. You know, blessed is also an approval, an approval or a stamp that comes from God. When you are blessed, it means that God has approved of you. Amen. Are you together with me? So it means that at that level, there are some things you begin to attract because you are blessed. You see, when, when, you are bl- when you are blessed, are you listening to me? To be blessed means that you have a portion of God in an area. Yes, that's what it means to be blessed. And that's what happens in our fellowship with God, our intimacy with God. One day God will meet you and bless you. That's what he did to Abraham. How, how much did Abraham see in his wardrobe one day because God blessed him? Abraham did not see any money in his wardrobe. See, but if God puts a blessing of prosperity on you, it means that you are approved to have money. You get the point now. You are approved. Of course, in the end, you start be teaching about the laws, three laws of prosperity, your mouth will be sweet. But actually, <laughs> it was the approval that is making it work. You get the point, my friends? The approval, it comes on you. And people have approvals in different in different matters. So, blessed, there is, a, there is an approval. And that's why you don't really have to, um, you don't have to, to destroy your soul for anything. You can be blessed for it. Whatever you want, you can get a blessing for it. You can, I'm telling you the truth. There is how to get a blessing, and that's what I'm teaching about. You know, you can get a blessing for it, and this is what makes life beautiful, makes life fun and interesting. And this is Christianity. Are you are you together with me, friends? Are we together? Are we on the same page? You can get it. You can get you can get an approval for it. You can get a blessing for it. So you say, "Blessed are the merciful." So it means that if I want to step. Can I preach here? You see, let me tell you something about this scripture. When the Bible says, blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. The first merciful there, practically speaking, is different from the second one. Let me give you a scripture that will buttress my point. Very easy. Give. And it shall be given to you. Now, the first give there came from who? You. All right. Did it when you when you gave? Did you feel an anointing to give? Was it a move of the spirit that it was so supernatural? All your money from your accounts just began to move. Like wow, I've blessed the world. Did it happen that way? How did it happen? Choice, obedience, 
sometimes tears. <laughs> right? I remember the preacher who told me while I was in university, somebody came and brought a brand new shirt and threw it at him in anger. I said, take job, take job. And actually, God had been dealing with the guy to give that shirt to that man of God. And he, he, he didn't have peace. <laughs> I was telling, it was Pastor Tyler when she gave you that story. And the guy just saw him out there and just threw it at him. Now, before I answer that question, let me tell you something else. Before I, what question do I want to answer? I want to differentiate the two me, me, mercy Adam. I'm using give to explain it. When I say this one, remind me to go and say that one. You see, don't, don't, don't joke with a blessed man. It's risky. And I'm not playing with words. It is very risky. It is one of the most risky things you can do in your life. It's as, you see, it's, it's like playing monkey post where there's a power plant. Yeah. It's, 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 highly, it's, it's height of risk. Let me tell you what a blessing is. A blessing is when a, sub, a substance comes upon a man that, that, help, that begins to have him engage and function function in the order and from the realm the substance came from. So you say a man is blessed. Whatever is on him, where that thing came from is now operative. Where that thing came from is now operative in his life. Now, not what came, not only what came on him is operative in his life. Where it came from is operative in his life. That's what I'm talking about. So if a man got a blessing from heaven, it's not only the blessing that is working, heaven is also working. Yeah. Are we together here? That's why there's really a blessing without an angel. I'm teaching you practicality. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not telling you rumor. Two of the angels that are, that are operative in my life and in the blessings I work with, so rather, the blessings I work in, I have met the angels that operate it. And their name of the name of those angels is the same name of the blessing of my life. It's a real being. So not just that the blessing is operative, the realm that it came from is also operative in my life. Are you together with me? Many years ago, I was reading the story of Bob Jones, and he was talking about the first time he heard of Apostle Benson, uh, Bishop Benson in the Ossa, the first time he heard of him, was when he had an encounter with an angel, and the angel came from Africa. Amen. So when you hear Paula White saying angels from Africa, you might, you might disagree with the, with the idea of what she's talking about, but don't, Calm down. There are, there are realms. There are things to these things. And then when, when, when he met the angel, the angel, he was speaking with the angel, and the angel said, my name is Breakthrough. And he says, where did you come from? He said, I come from Africa. I work with 
Archbishop Benson Daosa. Bob Jones had not known, had never heard of Archbishop Benson Daosa. And that was the angel that was working with Archbishop Benson Daosa. And that was the major blessing on Archbishop's life, breakthrough. You get the point now. So it is so if so it means that if in the area of of Archbishop's um, greatness and success, if you if you stand if you if you cross Archbishop, in the physically speaking, you think you are fighting Archbishop. When the blessing is operative and you you disagree. In your, in your head, you didn't have plan to disagree with heaven. You, you, you didn't step out to, to disagree with heaven. You didn't plan to. Neither did you plan to disagree with angels. If you saw an angel, you would bow down, right? But, 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 but you were stupid not to discern a man. You saw a man and you thought you were still seeing a man. So don't play with a blessed man. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Don't play with it. You will have reasons to joke with a blessed man. Because you see the man. You see, you see him as a man. And that's why those of you who are married to ministry people, men of God, you have to also be a little bit careful. You understand? Because it's not easy to know where one starts, where one ends. You understand? If you go and, if you go and do extracurricular activity and you just you sleep, it's not the best for you. So, so when there's a blessing on the man, the fruit of the blessing is apparent, but not only that, the atmosphere from where the blessing came from. And that's why a man who is blessed with any, with any portion of heaven, if you, move his, if you move him from one environment to another environment, you will see repetition of the same success. You see, because he brought, the success is on him. The success is on him. You, did, did you notice something about Joseph? He was always the leader everywhere. Before he left his father's house, he was the leader. He was the last born, but the leader. He's the one that they were sent to go and monitor his brothers and give them food. They had issues with him. When he got to Potiphar's house, he became the leader. When he got to prison, <laughs> if he backslides and starts smoking, he, go, he will become the leader. We might have one service. The way this is, the way this all is going this morning. Why? Because he has the what? He has the blessing on him. So he who carries blessing carries the heaven of the blessing. If you have the blessing, you have the heaven. If you have what? The blessing, you have what? The heaven. That's why you have to be very careful how you criticize men of God. You usually hear that statement. That statement looks like a rumor. You know, when you hear bishops say... <laughs> 
You see, because you are, you, are, you are engaging heaven. You know, you remember that time Joshua met an angel and he said, are you for us or against us? And the angel said, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm for the Lord. Now, the angel was fighting with, for them, Joshua, right? So when you go and fight Joshua... For whatever reason, when you go and fight Joshua, especially in the in the in, in the area of Joshua's purpose, now you think you are fighting Joshua, but there's a crazy angel. So you now begin to appreciate why you can now understand. Why the, the, the stupidity in compromise, especially in the area where you have the blessing? Because when you compromise, you handicap your angel and handicap your heaven. You, you have absolutely no, right, no need to compromise in an area where you have a blessing. And listen, the only, the major place where you have your greatest temptation is the area where you have the blessing. Because Satan doesn't want you to operate in the blessing. Because when you operate in the blessing, Satan cannot be your God. That's why you are tempted in the areas where you are blessed. Many times. You get the point now. Leave a, practice the art of leaving blessed people alone. There are too many troubles in the world. You don't want a trouble with an angel or with heaven. You remember the story of Moses and his what? And his sister and Aaron also. Remember that story? So, they thought they had an issue with Moses as a man, but, but they were having an issue with, a, with an entire institution. And not a physical institution, a full spiritual institution. Because eventually they found that Moses, his nickname is Law. So, if his Law, his Ten Commandments, his Temple, you see, all those things you are seeing, outer court, inner court, holy place, is Moses. Yeah. The old Genesis, the Terranomer is a person. His name is Moses. And so, when you are seeing him drinking, Gary, he like, what did they worry you? <laughs> you might have just hit the shoe bread. And the shoe bread, ah! <laughs> are you with me? Ananias and Sapphira lied to Peter. Peter said, why did, you, why did you tempt God? He said, why did you lie against God, against the Spirit? <sighs> because at that moment, that was the birthday of the New Testament church. You get the point now. And Peter was the representation of, 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 of the church. He was the father of the church. 
And so they stepped into, into that. That day was a bad day. May you have sense on a bad day. Yeah. I tell you the truth, that day was a bad day. I had an incident with a brother some time ago. It was a parking issue. Parking. And so I think he had a bad day at work. And so he got back. I was parked at the gate. Myself and my spiritual father were parked. We parked in the in front of the gate of the of the um of the house. Just parked. We're gisting. It was late at night. So he came back from work and was about entering the gate. But there was another car behind us. And so we didn't we didn't know he was coming to the house. So when we found out he was coming to the house, so I, I quickly rushed to him and told him to just reverse a bit so that we can leave the gate so that he can enter. But we got angry. Now why would you even park at the gates in the first instance? So he put off his ignition and blocked the car and said even that car will not will not leave because he thought it was my car or something. I don't know. I went upstairs. My spiritual father kept on gisting. And I said, let me go and call him. He said, no, 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 don't call him. Later, I went to call him. He said, don't fight him. So when I was when we continued gisting, he said, let's take time. He said, let's take time. And he told me why later. He said, that's how, he said, his delay I started counting. Yeah, his delay in life. He said, if I go and fight him, they will stop. He said, and I want to deal with him. So if I if I deal with him physically, they will not help me deal with him. So, so let's leave him. So now I went to meet him later and begged him. I said, please, can you? He said, what's all the nonsense? Oh, sorry. <laughs> he said, what's the great here? We will not be wondering. Ah, no promotion. No. I know the I know the time here, the equivalent. <laughs> when they delay you from upstairs. <laughs> what is the relationship between doing good? Doing good to your enemies, and by that way you heap a coal of fire. How? What's the technology? Hmm? Who uses coals? Scripture coals are materials of angels. When Isaiah had that experience, you remember that an angel took a coal and put it in his lips to purify. So when you do good to him, you've opened someone that should that shouldn't have good. You op- you re- you 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 open another access. The Bible says. Uh, the Lord says that you should be at peace. Hold your peace. Why? Vengeance is mine. So that thing called vengeance is mine. What activates is hold your peace. Immediately you hold your peace, you activate another realm. If you don't hold your peace, that realm will not be activated. 
And that's why in the New Testament is not to hold our peace that the Bible teaches. It is to pray. Because God does not want to do bad to that guy. If you just hold your peace, God says, pray for your enemies. Get a job. So if someone is doing you bad, you need to go, please have mercy on him. Are we together now? So you have to be careful around the blessing. Small boys, sorry, Elisha, Elijah, his hair was bowed, and they just began to. And um, a bear came from, and I ate all of them, killed all of them. Why? So you you have to know you have to know what's your pay grade and what's not your pay grade. So let's go back to merciful, right? I just want to, I shared, did you appreciate what I shared about the blessing here? The blessing is a material that comes from heaven, but also comes with the heaven. You understand that? And you can always operate, you can always operate it. You can always, you can ensure there will be repetition of greatness and success in that order. Do you understand? And you should know your area of blessing. Alright, are we, are we together now? Are we on the same page? Are you bored already? So blessed are the merciful for what? For they shall obtain mercy. So I told you that the mercy there, the, those two mercies are different mercies. The first one is the one you do out of what? Obedience and all of that. Praise God. But the second mercy now becomes harvest. You get the point now? It's not harvest. Are you with me? The second message is what? Harvest. Glory be to God. It's harvest. Now imagine if you are living in a harvest and the name of your harvest is mercy. Now for us to appreciate the harvest, we need to define mercy. Now who wants to tell me mercy? Because you know it. What does mercy mean to you? Who wants to tell me mercy? Who's telling me? Can we take out? I think you guys are very cold, right? Huh? Are you? Can, you guys can't hear me. We we'll speak up by your side. Huh? Okay, it's your choice now. You can leave there and sit down here. Ah. Huh? Okay, but can you hear me behind? All right. <laughs> Praise God. Are we together, friends? Yes, so, who wants to tell me your understanding of mercy? Yeah? Tell me. Compassion to someone who deserves punishment. Who else wants to tell me? It might be close. What you want to say might be close. All right, tell me. Yeah. Okay. Do the person good. Do the person good by passing the protocols and the norms. Who else wants to tell me? That's very fantastic. All right, woman. Undeserved pardon. Yeah. All right. 
Who else? Beautiful. I think we're saying fantastic things. Two things all of us have said. Undeserved pardon and undeserved goodness. Right? Because pardon is goodness. Undeserved. So he now says that blessed are the merciful. So it means that I must, I must work hard by the spirit to pardon people who don't deserve pardon. It means that I should, not, I should learn to live life not only giving people what they deserve. That's what mercy is. Giving people not only what they deserve. Giving them better than they what than they deserve. So, I, how many of you know that's not easy? It is easy to give people what, what they deserve. You bring out like this, I give it back to you. Right? Easy to give people what they deserve. But God says that you should learn to now begin to give people what they don't deserve. Undeserved pardon and undeserved goodness. It says, as you, as you practice that, a blessedness comes on you. Ah. Now, the mercy you are giving will not now be the mercy you are receiving. Because you will give it from obedience. Sometimes it's, you are going to do it tearing. You know, but when it comes back to you, it now comes as a harvest. Yeah. It means that you now have a system in your life, coordinated by heaven, to always give you what you don't deserve. Imagine if you are living that way, you don't get, you don't get what you deserve. And it is coordinated by heaven. This was one of the things that was operational in the life of David. That's that. that that is, it is called the mess, the sure message of David. That was the door David was operating in. Are you together with me? So, with mercy, there's nothing you can't purchase. Because you are purchasing without effort. You are purchasing without your own works. It is purchased without price, without payment. It's called the sure message of David. It was one of the one of, the, one of the doors and gates and houses David was living from. Mercy. You get the point now? So you now understand that blind man why his healing was sure. He said, have mercy on me, son of David. He said, ah. When you touch that key, that key, God has never ignored that key before. And it was that, uh, can I preach here? That was the, that was the note that, that breathed the New Testament. That's the note that was hit, that made it possible for Jesus to come. You know, Jesus did not come through our prayers. He didn't die for us because we deserve it. It was the mercy of God that brought salvation. Praise God. And mercy is the gate man for grace. If you don't get mercy, you can never enter the house of grace. That's what Hebrews teaches us. We should come boldly, Abi. To the what? Uh-huh. The what? You obtain mercy, then what? Now find grace. So a man who hasn't obtained mercy can never what? Find grace. So grace is shielded by mercy. 
And mercies, those who attract mercy, are those who are merciful. So if you are not merciful, you are not doing anybody. Mercy is how God preserves you. When God tells you to be merciful, it's him preserving you. You see, because when you are not merciful, you sit on a throne that only God and Jesus can sit on. It's a throne of judgment. You see, you don't have the right to sit on the throne of judgment. Only God and what? And Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you sitting there. And the only thing that can deliver you, because we are, our fallen nature, we are eager to sit down there. The only thing that can deliver you from that is when you have, when you understand what? Mercy. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall what? They shall obtain mercy. Imagine leading a life where you are just, you are just, <laughs> you are just having access to things you don't deserve. Is that not amazing grace? Yes, sir. You are just things you don't deserve. You get the things you don't deserve and you don't get the things you deserve. So you get the positive things that you don't deserve and somehow you don't get the negative things that what? That you deserve. Lazarus, a lot of you have been shocked and like, look at what did, what did Saul do? What did David do? How come Saul's own was now very grave? David's sins were, were terrible. I don't know anybody who has I don't know anybody who has done what David has done. I've never met any man of God. I'm telling you the truth. You collect the man's wife, you kill the man. And you are the king of Israel. I don't know any I don't know any preacher or any Christian who has done that. What did Saul do? What did Saul do that? He went to battle. Yes, he did everything he said he should do. The only thing he didn't do was that he didn't kill the ram. So is that was that? And even the ram was he going to kill it to come and sacrifice to you? So not like he was even greedy. Not, not that he wanted to take the ram. He said, oh. The other time he did a sacrifice when when he was meant to be the prophet that should do it, the priest so much. But the Samuel came late. That's what the Bible says. Samuel killed and he waited for long. And it, and it was as if they even made it intentional. They, they won't come until he did it. They were waiting for him to do it. <laughs> he was immediately finished that, that, that Samuel knows he should come. Now nah, the kingdom is taken away. The kingdom is taken away from you. <laughs> well, you look at how David did. Some of the things David did are crazy stuff. But you see, mercy. Mercy. So you cannot understand the depth of that prayer. <laughs> it's more powerful than, than your warring tongues. But you see, the way we can know that you have entered it is the mercy you give to others. Mercy. All through scripture, the template, the, 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 the temperament of scripture is teaching us to be merciful. He said, if somebody hits your right, what do you do? You turn your left. The scripture teaches us the temperament of mercy. All through scripture. 
If your brother is overtaken by a fault, you that your spirit will restore such a one in the spirit of meekness so that you will not be overtaken by the same fault therein. All through scripture. So, what will happen to the one that is not merciful? Cursed. Or another blessing is on him. And the blessing that is on him is what was the, the color of his blessing? He, he shall not obtain mercy. Paul, I've been looking for your number. I was asking to yourself for your number. She said that. What did you even tell me? Was it? No. I asked Oni. Oni said she has your old, old number. Oni Damola. I've been missing you. Will you come and visit me this week? Eh? You are saying in the presence of God. <laughs> and God's people, come and visit me this week. Let's have time to eat and talk. Are we together, friends? So, Balade, get Paul's number after the service so that. All right. So, he that is not merciful, what will happen to the person? So, it means that what he does not, the good he doesn't deserve. He won't get. And the evil he deserves, he will get. But don't forget, he will get it at the level of harvest. You need to appreciate this, that, that, that as per reaping and sowing, sowing is seed level. Reaping is harvest level. Okay, okay, okay. Give, give me give and it shall be given unto you. Put it on the scripture. Let me show you. The Bible says give. And listen, the context of this giver in scripture is not even a context of money. If you use it for money, it will work. Because some, some principles are patterns. That's what some Bible preachers don't understand. That some principles are ordinances in the spirit. And that's why you can be doing warfare, you can be praying warfare prayer and you get a scripture, a pattern in scripture. The matter is different from the matter you are going through, but God will give you that scripture because there are patterns in the spirit. It's very interesting. Spiritual things are interesting. It gives you a pattern in the spirit. Now, let's back it up. I think they are, they have, they are, they are, where's my scripture? I think there are like, let's look for that scripture. Where is it? Are you guys okay? Good. It's a genuine question. It's not like okay as in sort of. Have you found it? No, now, the same scripture of give, it shall be give, shall men give to you, press down, shaking together. Now, there's another, there's another um, uh, rendition. Because the rendition I'm looking for was when he was talking about judge not. It starts from, I think it starts from, I think, it's 16. All right. 
Okay, you know what? Let's stay here. Matthew 7. Hey. But we'll also look at this place. Now let's first read this one. Let's first read. Let's read this one first. Then we'll go to Matthew 7. That's Luke 6 36. So therefore be merciful. Are you with me? Yes. The important lesson, right? Therefore be merciful. How? Just as your word, Father, is merciful. So you can see that God is trying to inculcate this divine nature into us. So, so don't be merciful. So if you are saying, I can't be, it's difficult. God knows it's difficult as a man. So he's not asking you to do what a man can do. He's asking you to do what God can do. Are you together with me? So just as your father also is merciful. All right, next verse. Judge not. Did you see that? Now, the word judge not here is not to judge. When you, you know, sometimes when people do what is wrong and you say that you are doing is wrong, they say, why are you judging? No, that's not judging. You, you understand? That's not judging. When you say uh, homosexuality is wrong, that's not judging. That's not judging. But when you say so, when you look at an, when you, when you put condemnation on anyone based on his action, that's judging. Do you understand? Now, when, when you point an action that is wrong with the attitude and a hope to deliver, are you with me? That's what we should do. Do you understand? But not condemn. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. It's now telling you the, the old... The old um, Spiritual ordinance, how it operates. Give. Somebody say, Give. give. Yeah, go back to 37. Judge not is if you give judgment, if you give condemnation, if you give unforgiveness. Yeah, go to the next verse. So that you can understand that give. That give is connected to those things. It's not money. Give. And it should be it shall it will be given <laughs> to you. But because your own giving was the sowing, what will be given to you is harvest. Good measure. <laughs> Pressed down, shaking together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use. It will be measured back to you. I think you get the point now. Matthew, the seven, Matthew 7 version. We are meant to go to five points. You are still in point number one. <laughs> are you in the matter? Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? How can, your brother, how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. But if it were that easy to remove, if your brother can have speck all the while and is able to remove it, 
would you think it would be so easy to remove plank? So it's telling you that you are meant to be very busy. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Ask, it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds him. Who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man there among you, who if his son asks for bread, he will give him a stone? So you can see how valid that two-faced lyrics is. If you give me stone instead of to give me meat, I try to pump it and I try to forget it. <laughs> this is where he got this from. <laughs> or if he asks for fish, it will give him a serpent. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want, that same beginning of that same scripture. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is what? The law and the prophet. So it's an ordinance. It's a what? It's an ordinance. The next verse. Enter by the narrow gate, for the wide, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go into it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. We have false prophets who come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes and take a time watch one by that? Oh, you know, so alone damn. You get the point, friends. So you, you, have to, you have to arm yourself. With what? With mercy. Have mercy. Be merciful. Be kind. Amen. You know, one of my, one of my, one of my brothers, my, if, a, a family member, some years back got into a crisis that became... A news, a national news, and um, there was a lot of condemnation coming to him, which he deserved. But I found out that as people were condemning him, I was traveling elter skelter, looking for how to save him from that crisis. You know why? Because to the world, he's just somebody. To me, his family. Imagine if we saw and see everybody as family that they truly are. Our response would be different. The way you respond to issues, other people's issues, would be different if it happened to somebody who was your family member. What if you saw every other person as a family member? Because actually, everybody came from God. Ah, I wish I was in America. They would have clapped for me. I know, I, I know what I would have said in America. This... If I successful preacher in Nigeria, you do well in America because the heart is hard. <laughs> if it was Joel Austin that said this thing now, everybody would have stood up. I will not keep quiet. After the clap, I will not continue the teaching. 
You guys need uh, you need help. You get the point, friends. You have to you have to be merciful. You need to live a life where where you get things you don't deserve. And the things that you deserve are waved away. Don't you want that? And what's the way to do it? To be merciful. Alright, quickly, before I move to the next point, quickly tell me how, what are the practical ways of being merciful? What are the practical things? Attitude. What are the attitude of, 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 of the merciful? Attitudes of mercy. Forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness. 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 What else? Patience. Tolerance. Huh? Sacrifice. Love. Kindness. What about second chance? Huh? Benefit of doubt. Giving hope. Just have hope in people. Really say, guy, could ever change? That guy cannot change. Now, I'm not asking you that you shouldn't do the right things. Sometimes you have to do the right things. You know, sometimes you have to put people in the right places. But I'm just saying that don't put any finality on anybody. Don't put any negative finality on anyone. Never. You are not God. Don't, don't ever do that to anybody. And never destroy anybody. Make a vow never to what? To destroy anybody. Make a vow to never speak ill of people. It's going to be, some of you, if you, immediately you make that vow, you find out that in the old day, you might not even talk again. Because before now, anytime you talk, you are always talking ill of people. You just find out you need, not, you need to start looking for topic again. Because you are not used to anything other than destroying people. Some f- relationships, that's all they do. Talk people down every time. You can't you can access greatness that way. And you can repent because you repent to a God who is merciful, right? And he will forgive you. Did you get the point? Can we move to the next point? Pastor, how am I going to do this thing? What's your advice? Advise me. I want to consult. There's no time. I want to consult my pastor. All right. Praise God. My pastor has advised me. The second thing you need to do to flow in amazing grace, flow to flow in the, in the realms of heaven. Second one is giving. And I'll tell you why. There's a reason for it. I'll tell you why. And these are things, you know, it's God that said, blessed is the merciful. It's God himself that said. This one, too, I'll tell you what God said. Do you know, the Bible says that God, who loves the whole world, now looks for another place and said, God loves the cheerful giver. There's a secret there. 
we already know he loves the world. It means that there is another special kind of love he has for cheerful givers. If God who loves the whole world, that's it. God loves cheerful givers. It means that there's an, it's another realm when you are a cheerful giver. And all these things have to do with shift and change in our character. Actually. Because it says, be merciful, and it told us to be merciful just like our father. All these things are things that men don't do. Are things that God do. For example, this one now, it now says God loves a cheerful giver. He now put an adjective to the giving. Cheerfulness. Now, actually speaking, or practically speaking, he's giving a, he's, he's, he's giving a cheerful thing. You know, to be cheerful and to be smiling, they are two different things. So cheerful means that, <laughs> how many of you give that away? <laughs> so, it's time for us to sow a seed. We want to receive an offering, a special offering. And everybody just screams, wow! You know, the only time you guys scream that way, if I say next week there's Jollof. <laughs> I say, you guys give the same reaction. Anyway, I say, Pastor Obi, I'm thinking next week service, we should have Jollof. <laughs> Every time you guys give the same reaction. Sorry. But guess what? That's the reaction you should give you should, when it's time to give. Guys, in today's service, we are raising 50 million. God sees your heart. <laughs> Today's service, we are, we are buying a private jet for Pastor Zach. Sorry, we are so sorry. Your uncles are not are not nice, even. I'm telling you, these are things I see in scripture that messes me up. These are, listen, these are the things I see in scripture that put me on a serious race. I'm like, what? God, you love me, cheerful giver. I know there's a secret there. I know you love the old world. Why did you not have to particularly say that you love cheerful givers? So it means that if you want God to treat you special, it means God has special children. I'm telling you the truth. Don't allow anybody to deceive you. Say, we're all the same thing. There are some of God's children, God, he filled them. God, he filled them. God, like God, just like David. God, just like David. David go do something, God go like, say, do this here. Saul go do something. Every kill him, you your boy, kill him. Useless boy. He said, God loves him. And that's why there are some people you think God should have killed. God is not killing them. Because there are some. 10 unit course that those guys are having A. You, you are struggling with an elective. <laughs> one unit courses, you are struggling with one unit courses. Some people have found out where are the 10 unit courses. That was one of those 10 unit courses, what I told you about mercy. 
merciful. It's a 10 unit course. Those are the courses you should be getting A in. I mean, all of you, when I was growing up, when we first came to faith, we were always, we had questions about David. Ah! The guy understands this mercy. In fact, he, he, was, he, was the, he, he was the class captain of that school called Mercy. They now put his name, the show on mercies of David. That's how Jesus became the son of David. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the man is in charge of it. If you want to just, if you didn't have an impartation from David, he will give you mercy. David understands how the, and I'm going to go on a prayer project on this for myself. I, I am. Me, I like to look for what works. Me, me, Zach, I like to look for, I don't like story. I just find what works and I stay with it until I activate it. Me, I'm not a, me, I'm not a Christian trying to make others know I'm a Christian. I'm not, I don't impress I don't impress with my spirituality. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I don't impress anybody with my spirituality. In fact, the closer you get to me, you might be completely unimpressed with me. I'm not, I'm not impressed with spiritual, uh, with some kind of, I'm not even, even to be a man of God does not, does not, uh, I don't enjoy the company of men of God. I found that out. And I've concluded that's me. I don't enjoy when you see men of God gather, I'll walk somewhere. I don't enjoy the way they used to do, I don't understand them. They are too fake for me. They are too they are too plastic. Whenever I'm with them, all of us, they, they'll be doing praise worship, but they are the ones that they, they are the ones that set up the church. They are the ones that have the choir. They, they will do praise worship, they will not dance. I'm like, okay, the people who are dancing, I didn't less is our not dancing is that what makes us spiritual. You see them, all of them, all of those who just stand like this, they will not dance. Everybody will be praising God. Anytime I go to churches and I'm seated there, I struggle. I don't struggle. These people should leave me alone. Let me join the people. Let me. There's more life with the people than you people. I just. They will not. Doing praise worship, they will not dance. Some will not even come to the service until when the worship. No sense. Worship. I go to churches and they say, "Don't worry, the worship will soon end. We'll enter the church." I say, "Let me, let me go to. Let me tell me when the worship is." That's almost the only time all of us will focus on God. They will delay you. They will say that when the worship is, you now they will now be coming into the service like a like a like a gungun, like masquerade. They will not be. They will not filing. They're not filing. Empty, Olodo, empty. <laughs> Don't go and say that about men of God. Though. It's not beyond my own pay grade. I'm abusing my colleagues. <laughs> not filing like a masculine undertaker. <laughs> I don't usually enjoy it. I remember one church I went to after they finished the program, and I said, We'll now go back up and go and pray again. As we're filing upstairs, I just used that. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I did. I my phone. I don't know. file up. I just said skip. The Father, Lord, we want to thank you for today. Just thank you. Just doing what is not. You see, sometimes when you are religious, it can even stifle your common sense. God forgive me. I'm sorry, but I'm tired of tired sometimes of this. Some of these guys. 
So I like, I like to find out what works and apply myself to it. So God loves. Now let's read this from verse 1. Are you blessed? No worry, the second, I'm not doing the second teaching. I'm just doing, we're going to pray and activate seasons. That's why I'm here. I just want to, I just, we're going to, we're going to, this, your cycle, you know, favor has, there's fullness of favor. That's what I want to pray for. I want your, because for some things to break open, your favor cycle has to be complete. The Bible says, just Christ went to every city, and now says, with the 12. The 12 was a complete number. So what we're, what we're praying for is that you are going to come into complete favor circle. And then the events of your life will become magnificent. That's the prayer. That's, what I, that's the main thing why I came to. That's what I came here to do today. Are you with me? Yes, sir. And if you're angry around favor, maybe you think it's not an important thing or favor is a very low thing. You know, it might be maybe it's a milk. It's not the meat of the word. <laughs> Immediately we start, you can go and be disfavored somewhere else. <laughs> now, let's look at this. Concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. Now, let me tell you something, one of the functions of a local assembly. Now, the local assembly functions as a family, Right? Hmm? As a what? As a family. One thing that goes on in local assembly is feeding. Just the way it's one of the things that go on in a family, right? Feeding. And feeding, consistent feeding, has to be has to be simple. Do you know that your food, your food structure in your house is simple? In the morning, rice. Right? Rice. In the afternoon, it depends. It depends. In the night, amala or eba. The next day in the morning, it's still rice. In the afternoon, he still depend. In the night, maybe Eba. The next day morning, he still rise. <laughs> afternoon, Abu, it depend. And maybe the next day you are tired of rice, but he still rise. Now, let me tell you what I'm trying to say. For a house, for a family to function properly, the feeding system has to be simple. Meaning that almost everybody in the house must be able to prepare the food. Now, whether you're a wealthy family or not, there has to be a simple way of eating. It can't be, it can't be chicken, sauceroni, and evarira, barada. It can't be that. It's not sustainable. And that's why a local assembly, the teachings have to be easy to assimilate. Any local assembly that has teachings that look like uh, Perewinkle, Savalala, 
It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. We must have meals that we can sustain so that we can be assured of nutrients every time. One. Two, we are free. Amen. Amen. Because meal determines composure. There's a food you see on your table. You are okay. You are just like eating. But there's another food you see on your table. You just... You comport yourself. Sometimes you can see some food. You were talking. You just look at your dressing and say, ah. Because by the time you see the food, it looks, it looks like an old... It looks like an essay. And then we have that once in a while, right? We go out. We go to a restaurant. We take our... You take your spouse out. You do all of that. We have that kind of, um, um, th- those kind of feeding. I remember the first time when Brandon came around and we took him. She took. She told me about one restaurant. We took Brandon to that restaurant. And then when they brought the food, I mean, I'm used. To, anytime I want to eat, I have to untie my belt. <laughs> so Brandon was sitting beside me, and before they brought the food, I was already untying my belt. <laughs> And he was looking at me. I said, ah, if you want to eat it. I want food to enter my stomach. I still pull rope and tie my stomach in it. <laughs> so so, so there, there are moments like that where we go out and act decent and eat with a fork and a knife and, and take the wine, small wine that's in your house, you'd have just finished it. <laughs> Though you are choking, you still taking it small, small, you know? But you know, you can't do life that way. Yes. I know what I'm saying to you. I know what I'm saying to you. It looks like I'm joking, but I know what I'm saying to you. Without a local assembly that makes it easy for you, you are going to lose balance. And listen, there is nothing as terrible as somebody who loses balance, but filled with the Holy Ghost. Is it so? That's the reason for pastors. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you now lose balance. It means that you are going to lose it to the fullness. Because the Holy Ghost energizes. But the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm telling you the truth. I know, listen, listen. Forget, forget. I have experience, friends. Immediately I give my life to Christ. I've been doing nothing but this thing. I, I've not had any other plan. And I've been, I've been in it. I've experienced things. I can't. I can count my friends who have run mad. I don't mean mad. I mean physical, real mad, real mad. Not one, not two, not three. I know people who has lost balance. So I know what I'm saying. When I see crisis, I know what I'm saying. I can, I can smell it. Because I've been there. I've lost my head before. I've stopped having my back before. Yeah, onto this thing. You, you will know. You, you, you just find out three days, you know not your back. So for some of you, when you see me, I call you, I say, I tell do pick clothes, wear clothes. I know what I'm saying. Wear clothes, wear clothes. Or when I give somebody money, I say, go and make your way. I know what I'm talking about. You mind, I know what I'm seeing from my... Go and make your way. 
Hey, go and make your hair. Buy, take lipstick. Use lipstick. Use lipstick. <laughs> Some of you, are, you say you want to join prayer in it. I say no. Go and join welfare. I know what I'm saying. When I send some of you to go and buy, go and get me food, I know what I'm saying. You thought you came to pray. I said, no, go and buy food. Or I said, let's go on a date. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. You can't use spirituality to deceive me again. I've, been, I've deceived myself in the past. So, so I know what I'm I really ask you what the Lord's saying. Because I know the danger of those questions every time. You just say, you all human military, what's the law say? What season are we in now? Say, shut up. Which season are we in? <laughs> I say, what's the, what's the season? What's the law saying? What's the law saying? You ask me what's the law saying today. Tomorrow, you ask me what's the law saying. It's every time he's talking. <laughs> what he's saying is, is what he has said since all these days in the Bible. So I ask you, what are you doing now? Yeah. You think I'm not spiritual. I know what I'm doing. I'm helping your child and your wife. <laughs> if you will have one. Because women have sense. Yeah. Guys, women have sense. You see, women are wiser than men 855,000 times. Yeah. Pastor, women. Women. Hey! Agree, you don't have sense. Women. A woman is times two your age. You see, you might think you are chasing a woman and she's the one that initiated you to be chasing her. You won't know. <laughs> you think you're the one chasing her. She's the one that initiated the chase. Be, will be praying with you, doing spiritual things. Oh. <laughs> the day she will turn back. The day she will turn back. Because she will. Eh? Security for a woman is no joke. You see, because that spirituality you are doing, she has an assumption that it can provide. The day, and she's testing it. <laughs> All the time she thought she was crying when you were praying, you were crying the Holy Ghost. She's, she's finding out, will this thing work? The day she makes that decision. I'm just, I don't know. I just need some time. I just need to talk. I just need to talk to God about. Don't talk to a woman. That weakness of a woman. Don't, when it says weak, weak, don't just say you are strong. You see, that's your own first, that's your scam. That's what that's how you scam and say I'm strong. You are fufu, you are mumu. Sometimes it takes us 15 years, 25 years to discover that we have been deceived. Women. I fear them, I respect them. I respect them. You see. A woman can be engaging a guy that she's not in love with at all. And the guy will have no, we have, he's sure the guy is in love with him. 
You know, sometimes I do counseling and, and I get information from women. I do counseling, I get information from women and they tell me, please, don't tell him this one. I've never heard it from a guy before. I've seen people who are planning marriage and the girl will say, oh, I'm not ready to marry anytime soon. And, and, and both of them are fixed dates. <laughs> now, nah, not in this church. There's not. <laughs> Those of you planning your wedding, I tell you the truth and I lie not. None of your girlfriends have come to me to tell me that. I'll tell you the truth. Said, I'm not sure about this marriage thing. I'm not sure about the marriage thing. And both of you have fixed dates. I don't know what brought me. I don't know what brought me to that. Eh? All right, let's. let's. <laughs> Concerning ministering to the saints, it's superfluous for me to write to you. For I know, I know your willingness about which I, I, I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians. So I was talking about a local assembly, right? A local assembly gives you balance, and a local assembly gives you meal that are that are digestible. If the if the meal is not digestible, you are in crisis. You're in crisis. In crisis. And recovering from a crisis that has a spiritual lining is very difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult. It takes it takes time and it takes a lot of skill. You see, because come, you see, if you are smoking and drinking, you know what you are doing is bad, right? You you can recover. They call you back. If you are lying, if you are stealing. Fornicating. If you fall, even as a believer, if you fall into the sin of fornication, you can be brought back in one day. After one day, they take you through a process, you'll be back. But you see, if you were if you were aggressively taking a wrong spiritual position, the fabric of spirit of trust in your soul has been tampered with. So when you find out you are wrong, the question is which part of it is wrong? So recovery, I've been there, I know what I'm talking about. So recovery is, di- recovery is difficult. Because you don't know whether, should I drop everything? Yeah. If you drop two and say you want to keep one, you will ask yourself, is it this one, what if this one is not wrong again? That's why people who, who, have, who, make, who have issues with their faith find it difficult to get balance ever again. But it's possible. And the only way it's possible is through trust. You have to trust another person. Because at this point, you can't trust yourself anymore. That's why it's important we teach people what they understand. And the way you can know you understand anything is, can you use it? Anything that you can't use is troubling you. Any teaching that you can't use is just exciting you. How can you use it to buy shinshin? You don't know. How can you use it to, for your wife? You don't know. It will, it will color your soul and bring you darkness. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. So it has to be usable. That's why pastors have to have simple conversation. I don't, I don't need to know how you are spiritually by asking how are you spiritually. I will ask how is your career. From your career, I can feel the presence of God and the values of God. If I don't see the values of God in your career, I know you are not doing well spiritually. So spirituality is not spirituality. Spirituality is practicality. Some of us is thanksgiving. It's by, it's by the grace of God we are here. 
we have almost run mental. So I don't want anybody else to run mental under my watch. If when I see that you're in the early stage of mentulu, <laughs> I will call you and talk to you. If I see that you're not listening, I'll send you away. You cannot run mental under my watch. I'll just go. I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians that Asia was ready a year ago. Your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that as I said, you may be ready. Lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we should be ashamed of things, of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand. Go back to verse 3. Now, when it's, all those things he's talking about, sending people and all of that, is about offering. Brethren, I have yet, I have, go to verse 2. For I know your willingness. Willingness to what? Willingness to what? I can't hear you. Willingness to what? To give. About which I boast of you to what? So, so when, when, when Paul is talking about the, Mes- about, um, the Corinthian church to the, Mes- to the Macedonians, he said, Kai, those guys, they give. So can you see that? It's one of the, it's one of the, it's one of the things that excites heaven. Yeah. Huh? Yes, that Asia was ready a year ago and your zeal has stirred up the majority. So giving, giving has capacity to steer. Giving has what? Capacity to what? To steer. So it's one of the catalysts of revival. Are you getting my point now? Giving. is a catalyst for what? For revival. Let's read. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting, please let's use, okay, let's stay here. Lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that as I said, you may be ready. Lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we should be ashamed of things, of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time. So I taught, I exhort the brethren, I've taught the brethren. So those who are coming to you have a teaching from me. And the matter is about, about giving. And prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you have previously promised, that it may, be, it may be ready as a matter of what? Generosity. And not as a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will what? Will also what? Reap sparingly. So you can now see, are you with me friends? You can now see that when Paul was talking about giving, he spoke about, of course, when we talk generosity, generosity has two um, expressions to it. Attitude by which we give and the quantity of what we give. You get the point now. And immediately he began to speak about giving then he introduced another ordinance, which is the ordinance of sowing and what reaping. Am I preaching here? Yes, now, when to over over syllabus, 
is when you are giving and you don't activate sowing and reaping. I was there before. So you are giving and say, God, I just love you. I just love you. You see, you cannot. He's the one that loves you first. This is one of the ways God wants to bless you back. This is one of the ways God will bring a harvest your way. So when you sow, expect a harvest. You must understand that you can't be more spiritual than God. God is not, God, God doesn't want you to impress him. He wants you to obey him. Are we together here? Yes, sir. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will what? Will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For what? For God what? Loves. That's my point. God loves. Somebody say God loves. God loves. So there is a special affection that God has towards those who give cheerfully. So one of the ways you want to break into amazing grace is what? Is to be a what? Cheerful giver. I'd encourage you to go get some of my teachings on giving. Ask the media guys to give it to you. I've taught a lot extensively on giving, how to give, who to give, and what to give. Praise God. God loves a cheerful giver. Imagine if your, your identity in heaven is that everybody knows in heaven that God just loves you. Ah, God loves him. Praise God. Now, when God, can I talk to you here? Yes. I can hear, can I talk to you here? Yes, sir. The implication of this is that um, when God loves you at the realm of cheerful giver, this kind of love is that God is just, God is just, you see, at this level, God is not meeting your needs. Now, you don't meet the needs of people because you love them. Many times we meet people because we are responsible to them. When you love people, you give them what they don't need. What just looks good on them? Just look at this guy. You just want to spoil them. That's amazing grace. When God gives you, not just meeting your need, you need 10, God gives you 10. God just spoils you. Spoils you with relationships that you don't deserve. You just, you just begin to find things that, that you can do without. And that is a culture. Father, I thank you for telling me this. That's a culture you must embrace. You must embrace the culture of receiving things you don't need. Listen, it is not royalty to only be getting what you need. It is a proper mentality. It's not royalty. Kings and princes don't get exactly what they, a lot of us are used to getting exactly what we need. We are not yet open up ourselves to realms of abundance. You are too used to exact, especially women. Can't understand this. Women are so exact. Sometimes I ask, "What's the price of this?" It's one thousand. I say, "Hi, the price. These have these have gone. This is expensive now in the market. Too. I said, "How much was it before? One thousand. How much is now? One one." <laughs> yeah, what is there a difference? Well, I want to believe it's a, it's a gift of women, so they are very meticulous. A woman can have six people in her house and she sends somebody to go and buy chicken, and then they say, Go and buy half kilo, and they will, it will be exactly six people. 
When I go to the market and when this other goes to the market, you can tell the difference. <laughs> Ours is very exact. Chocolates of people like Bisola, those ones are worse. <laughs> they are worse. Bisola, Diriji, those ones are worse. You just see everything. Exact. You must, you must prepare extra. I know what I'm talking about. Create the culture of preparing extra. I'm not talking about waste. I'm just saying extra. That's God. It's the God of more than enough. Plan for extra. When you have five people in your house, why not plan that two people can join? And just plan for extra. You're not wasteful. You are living, you are, you are training yourself for abundance. It's not waste. This wasting, we have to be careful about it. Sometimes we say we are being spiritual. That God does not like waste. Sometimes it's a lie. You are just, you are just. One day I asked somebody, I said, that food must not waste. Oh, you must finish it. I said, so should I now waste? <laughs> if I finish it, I will become a waste. Because I won't be able to do anything. So in the food wasting or me wasting, some people, they are, when they finish eating, they are like pythons. <laughs> who just swallowed an animal. They can't move. If you slap them, they would do it. Just... <laughs> They're like pythons, I'm telling you. <laughs> when, they, when, they are finished, when they finish eating, they can't move again. You must create room for abundance. I told you that the oil cannot be more than the vessel you prepared. Create room for abundance. It is the vessel you prepared that God will fill. Create room for abundance. But my point is cheerful giver. Make sure you give cheerfully. When you give cheerfully, it's going to be great quality. Most of the time, the things you say you can never give might be the things that God wants you to give. Learn to give well. When you want to give out clothes, make sure you do it cheerfully. By cheerfully, it means that you're going to wash it. It means that you're going to take it to a dry cleaner. It means that you're going to make it very good. You get the point now. A lot of our welfare givings in churches, we need to work on it. Because the further impoverish the people we are giving. We must give people not reminding them of their poverty. We must remind them of prosperity. When people receive from us, they shouldn't feel poor. And that's why you must place honor in how you give. Those are the reasons for envelope. Don't fool, don't do. The reasons for envelope. The reason for notes. When you give, get a note. Write two liners, three liners. Make sure you are reminding the person of his prosperity, not helping his poverty. Because your giving should have power of deliverance in it. They say, when, I, when I'm giving to you, I should deliver you. Not just that I give you something, I should bring deliverance your way. And that's why sometimes you give people way more than they expect. Get a beggar. Give a beggar 5K. 
Praise God. He's going through his own deliverance. Are we together, friends? Are we together, friends? Your giving must have power in it. You must impact people. You must remind them. This is the kingdom, friends. This is the kingdom of God. It's the, it's the kingdom of God. We are bringing the reign of God over people's lives. Get that pauper boy and take him to a place nobody in his family has ever gone to. And don't say, don't touch it, to, don't, don't, don't break that glass. Off. No. Make him at home. It's royalty. You are trying to, because the enemy has, has, has messed that boy up, and you are trying to restore royalty into his spirit. Let him, it's not about you brought him there, let him be there and make sure he's free. And he knows that when, when a cup breaks, it's not destiny. Because when you broke when you broke up in your house, you broke your future. <laughs> Listen, some of the way some of us train our kids is because of how we're trained. And then we transfer that demon on people. So when the cup breaks, when the plate breaks, the concern is hope you are not injured. Because you are of more value than the plate. They're like, hope you're not injured. Okay. And so pour the attention, even if it's fake, pour the attention on the person. So that the person can always know that he's greater than any plate and any cup. Then we cannot be talking about being careful later. Ah, you broke a cup. You useless. You are you are raz. You are spiritually raz. Even though you might be you might have cash, but you are an illiterate in spiritual things. You have to be a cheerful giver. Quality and quantity. Stop, stop giving your widow's might when you haven't lost your husband. <laughs> Any small thing, widow's might. Widow's might. And you think that man will live long. kind of offering that will shock you. You understand? Practice it. Practice it twice a year. Twice a year. As one of my friends told me, he said, ah, Balzac, this one, no give person, this one, no, no give person. I said, if this is come, you must give. I said, I said, what have I given that I didn't get something bigger? He said, I know, I know, but still no give person, this one. I said, you did cost me. Because you know, so anytime where I give, I they get something bigger. And you still say, make a no give person. Because you don't really believe it yet. Cheerful. See, the quiet is too much. It's too much. I just like the, I just, I just want to be in that place where God loves me. Not just God loves the word. God loves Zach. So what will we do for that? What do we do for that? I want God to give me what I don't need. I want God to not only to answer my prayers. 
I want him to answer his intentions over my life. How long shall I be with you? Guys? How long shall I be with you? Guys? What's all this nonsense? Get out! Clear off! And the reason was because he didn't have faith. Believe God. Now, many of you don't have faith because you think faith, faith is tough. You already programmed your mind that faith. No, just believe God. Just believe God. Praise God. Just believe God. Be a child. Be a child. Be like Maverick. I'm buying Maverick a lot of things for his birthday. A whole lot. He's asked for a car. He's asked for a dog. He's asked. He asked for airplane. He's asked for everything. I wore, a, I wore a particular slippers into the house. And he went, wow, I like it. And he went, he was touching it. Daddy, will you buy this for my birthday? I said, yes. Thank you, daddy. <laughs> I bought him buying a lot of things for his birthday. The Bible says, if you're not like one of these little children, you're not, you're not entering into the kingdom. Believe God. Don't, you see, you see I, I tell you the truth. Depth is faith. I'm telling you the truth. Depth is faith. Because, because faith is a proof that God is real to you. And there's nothing more deep than that. Depth is not in language. It's not in complicating words. Depth is not in Greek and Hebrew. It's in it's a confident knowing that God is with you. And that he's worthy of, of belief. You can believe him. Believe God. You know, this morning, maybe I just round up here. I want you guys to, to start a new practice of faith. Just believe God. Just simply believe God. Just be sure that God will take care of you. And he will take care of it. Whatever your it is. But maritally, be definite that God will settle it. Settle your marriage. He'll give you a great man. Be sure that you'll get a great man. Be sure that you'll do fine. Be sure. Be sure. Live in an assurance. And listen. God is attracted to those who are sure he will come. I've told you severally. You see, God does not come to you to prove you wrong. It, he really does it. That if you don't believe God, God will not show. Ta-da, you were wrong. Like, hey, I don't know. Ah, I don't know. He, that's a very wrong mindset to relate to God. If you think he won't come, most likely he won't come. It is the expectation of the righteous that is not cut short. It's not the doubt of the righteous that is proven wrong. Nowhere in scripture does God say, I'm going to prove you wrong. No. He, he's, so, he, he's so secured in his identity that he doesn't have to prove you wrong for him to feel good. You understand? He doesn't need your validation. So if God doesn't happen to you, he's still God. It doesn't make him feel less. So God comes to those who are what? Who are expecting. Expect great things. Expect big things. Some of us hide our lack of expectation to spirituality. No, no, no. It's, it's not spirituality. It's actually your carnality. Because, because if you are not a member of the family, you don't expect. But if you are a member of a family, you expect. There's a confidence with which we go home. Do you know when you ask your brother, have they cooked? You know you don't ask, did they cook my portion? You know you don't ask that you don't ask did they add my portion? All you ask is they don't cook. Mommy don't cook. She be see cook. She this if if they cook my food they 
joy. All you want to find out is shade and, shade and cook. And I can't, I can't lie to you. They cook for heaven. Yeah. For that place that they cook, die. They cook through it. And if they cook, your portion day. Let's just give him praise. Let's give him praise. Yeah.